Good morning from MPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, the show all about finding and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. I'm Dr. Debbie Miner, Professor and Vice Chair of Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. I'm very excited today to have with me Donna Spee from our health department, and she is the Director of Nutrition Services. We're going to be talking about back-to-school nutrition tips for us all. Please join us and give us a call as we get into our show in just a few minutes. From NPR News in Washington, I'm Windsor Johnston. A young man was shot by police in Ferguson, Missouri, late last night on the one-year anniversary of the death of Michael Brown. As St. Louis Public Radio's Dory Buscarin reports, violence broke out during a protest on the same street where many other demonstrations were held last year. About 100 demonstrators and onlookers ran from a protest on West Florissant Avenue as dozens of gunshots rang out between two groups of people. Taking cover behind a line of cars, Ferguson resident Roberta Lynch struggled to catch her breath. This happened all over again. We need to stop. It's too much been going on all over the city. Too many people been getting murdered already. We need to stop this. This is senseless. Four police officers then followed a suspect and exchanged gunfire. The man is in critical condition, according to police. Around 2 a.m., officers deployed either tear gas or smoke to clear the area. The events occurred after a day of peaceful demonstrations in Ferguson, including a march, a public meeting, and a concert. For NPR News, I'm Dury Buscarin in St. Louis. Japan is on the verge of restarting its nuclear fleet after more than four years of being idle. John Matthews reports opponents are trying to stop plant reboots, though one reactor looks to be coming online tomorrow. Final checks have just concluded in the lead-up to restarting reactor number one at the Sendai nuclear power plant in southwestern Japan. Those checks coincided with a relatively thin demonstration at the plant, where protesters demanded the startup be canceled in the interests of public safety. Japan's nuclear fleet has been almost entirely offline since May of 2011, two months after a major meltdown shattered public confidence in the nation's utilities. A strong grassroots opposition says the fleet must remain offline, while utilities and the Tokyo administration have campaigned on economic grounds for cheap fuel and less reliance on imports. The Sendai reactor is scheduled to go online in less than 12 hours. For NPR News, I'm John Matthews in Tokyo. Firefighters are battling another fast-moving wildfire in Northern California. Lorraine Dector of member station KZYX reports the Jerusalem fire broke out just seven miles from where the Rocky Fire is continuing to burn. Residents in Lower Lake, California, were under advisory evacuation for a week and a half because of the Rocky Fire. And now they're looking up in the sky again, and they're seeing falling ashes, and that's because of a new fire that's threatening them. Lorraine Dector reporting more than 10,000 firefighters have been dispatched to fight 20 blazes in drought-stricken California. Stocks are trading higher at this hour on Wall Street. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 214 points at 17,587. The Nasdaq up 53 points. The S&P 500 up 23. This is NPR News in Washington. 
Britain and Spain are at odds again over Gibraltar, that rocky peninsula at Europe's southern tip. Lauren Frey reports from Madrid. The British government has accused Spain of violating its sovereignty after Spanish police boats entered waters off Gibraltar in pursuit of alleged drug smugglers. Gibraltar is physically attached to southern Spain, but it's been ruled by Britain for more than 300 years. The two countries have long disputed rights to waters around it. Spain admits its police boats did enter those waters Sunday, but claims they're Spanish waters and that it was necessary anyway for police business. Britain says it was a clear violation of international law and that it'll lodge a formal. Complaint with Madrid. For NPR News, I'm Lauren Freyer in Madrid. Zimbabwe President Robert Mugabe says the people of his country failed to protect a popular lion named Cecil, who was killed by an American dentist in an illegal hunt. Even Cecil, the lion, is yours. <laughs> He is dead. But he was yours to protect, and you failed to protect him. In his first public comments about the lion, Mugabe says more should be done to protect the country's natural resources from foreign vandals. There have been calls for the extradition of James Palmer, who killed the lion. He claims the hunt was legal. Rangers in Yellowstone National Park believe they've caught a grizzly bear that killed a man last week. His body was found Friday near Lake Village after he went hiking alone off trail. I'm Windsor Johnston, and you're listening to NPR News in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Curious.com, committed to helping people learn more than 15,000 skills like Swedish, statistics, and sword fighting. Curious.com, grow your skills. Learn more at curious.com/npr. Time now for the Medicaid Minute Update. If you or a loved one are enrolled in Mississippi Medicaid or the Children's Health Insurance Program (CHIP), make sure we have your current contact information. If the Division of Medicaid does not have your correct mailing address, you might not receive important notifications. To find your nearest regional office, call 800-421-2408. I'm Dr. David Jellick. For more information, visit Medicaid.ms.gov. Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app, available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Terry Gross. Listen to Fresh Air weekdays at three on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at one eight seven seven MPB Ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can always email your comments and questions to healthy at mpbonline dot org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Good morning from MPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Dr. Debbie Miner, Professor and Vice Chair of Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and I'm very excited today to be here with Donna Speed, who's Director of Nutrition Services 
at our Mississippi State Department of Health. So I said last week we've got three of our health department friends for this month. So I'm very excited to have Donna in follow-up of uh, Dr. Curry and Dr. Dobbs from last week. And I've also got with me Brittany Gross. We introduced Brittany last week. She's one of our doctor pharmacy residents from Carthage, Mississippi, uh, with us this month. And now Christine Hayden. Christine is replaces Cody as our back behind the behind the sidelines uh, support, and she is from Birmingham, Alabama, so she'll be with us this month. First thing we're going to do is we had a great show last week talking about vaccinations, and one of the issues that was brought up that we want to go ahead and address and get that information right out there was someone brought up an issue about the HPV HPV vaccine and some issues possibly in Japan with maybe aluminum exposure or some type of risk that had been identified. And so Brittany and Dr. Dobbs researched that further. So we're going to go ahead and report on that, and then we'll get into our show today. Today we're going to be talking about back to school. I think everybody realizes if you're driving to work every morning, even if you don't have kids in school, we realize it's back to school now. So we're going to be talking about nutrition tips for all of us, all of us, even if we don't have kids back to school. So we're going to be talking about that. But first, I'll, I'll let Brittany give us an update on that HPV vaccine, what she found and Dr. Dazza reported to us. In 2013, Japan reported some adverse events from the HPV vaccine of seizure, headache, paralysis. And after further review and investigation in 2014, they released that there was no causal association between the vaccine and the reported, reported adverse events. So these were not um, related together. So there's no safety issue related to these events that were reported. And also with the aluminum concentration, the amount in the vaccine is much lower than the amount even in your brain. So this is, should not even be a concern with the vaccine as well. Okay, good. So so as Dr. Dobbs said, I think safe, safe, safe. from what we've uh we know here in the United States and continue recommendation for use of that vaccine. So I wanted to, in thinking about the heat, <laughs> and Marshall had a great show right before us, and uh, I think about the heat and getting out there and doing it and being active, I went ahead this morning and signed up after I heard the weather report and thought maybe it's going to be a little bit cooler next week. I went ahead and signed up for the New Hope Baptist 5K next weekend. So not don't feel like I'm in the best shape to do it, but that's okay. I can get out there. It'll be at seven thirty in the morning. It'll be a little bit cooler. It's a great family affair. I've done it that that race, run, walk off and on for the past twenty years. And it's a great family event because they get all the kids involved. So we're talking about back to school and nutrition and even for us who don't have little kids in school, I think that they do a great job there at that at that uh, at that church at giving everybody from the tots to to everyone involved in that walk and being active out there and joining in for that event. So give a plug for that and uh, hope to see some people there. So Donna Healthy eating is is about eating more whole foods, less processed foods, less sugar, sodium, and fats, and drinking more water. So first, tell us about your background and a little bit about your work at the health department. Well, as you said, I'm the nutrition services yes. director. I've been there for a number of years now, and I won't tell you how long I've been a dietitian, <laughs> but more than what are, are other people in the room are old. So are, I've been around for a while, but I also have a 10-year-old grandson and a new granddaughter, and so I'm all the time preaching to them about what they need to eat yes. and what they need to do. So I've got a lot of experience with child care centers, schools, chronic disease, 
you name it, and I wear many hats the same as you do. Well, good. And so we're gonna uh, we're gonna be getting Don to share some of her tips with us today. So please feel free to give us a call and share any ideas that you have, or comments, or questions, or or hints for us about about uh, snacks for school or anything like that. Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. Send us an email at healthy at mpbonline dot org. It looks like we've got a caller on the line right now. Good morning, Jennifer from Jackson. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. How are y'all? We are great. Great, great. Well, I heard you uh, mention the New Hope uh, 5K that's coming up this weekend, Dr. Mike. Oh, yeah, I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, well, I am too. And actually, uh, as a New Hoper, I wanted to just call in and, and really encourage people to sign up. It's a, like you said, it's a, it's a great family event. We've got something for the kids. If they've been lounging around all summer, this is kind of the perfect opportunity for them to get out there and for moms and dads to get out and, and walk and run and, and also, uh, after the, the 5K, there's going to be a health fair there at New Hope Baptist Church, and, and we just want the whole community to come out and, and have the opportunity to get active and to get some free, let me repeat, free health screenings uh, at the health fair there at New Hope. Well, now, do you have to participate in the 5K or... Or any of the other, the one mile or the tot trot to, to come to the health fair? Oh, no, not at all. Uh, of course, the, the, the 5K starts around 7.30, and the health fair starts right around 8.30, right after we're, we're assuming most folks will be done with the race. So, please, it's free. You don't have to sign up for anything or, or be a part of the race. Just come on out, get your cholesterol checked, blood pressure, get some great healthy recipes and, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, great. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I look well, forward to seeing you Saturday morning. Right, Be there about 7.15. <laughs> Sounds great. Okay, great. Right, Thank you. Take care. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, you are welcome. So, Donna, I, I know, I know we've got all kinds of new guidelines in our schools. And we I, um, I, we've talked on the show many times about our 2007 Healthy Students Act and changing the school menus and the access to foods and things like that. And I know in, in my home, uh, we had we have a little friend that stayed with us and and I remember the first time when she came and uh she had her list of the approved snacks <laughs> and my <laughs> husband says, You mean I can't send Cheetos for her? <laughs> I'm like, No, you can't send Cheetos to school for the mm-hmm. snacks. And so we've made a lot of headway in reference to that. But Tell us, just tell us a little bit, some of your thoughts about, as we're preparing for back to school, what are the guidelines now for school lunches, and and what tips do you have for preparing school lunches? I'm not sure, I don't, I don't know what percent of parents per, prepare school lunches anymore. But well, We're trying to get more of them to eat lunch in the cafeteria. The cafeterias mm-hmm. really do serve good foods. They have to offer more fruits and vegetables, a wider variety of those. They have to offer more whole grains. So even if you see a um, pastry, on the menu, it's going mm-hmm. to be a whole grain pastry. So schools are really doing a good job. But a lot of our children say they don't like school lunch. Yeah, I've eaten in the school cafeteria many a time, and every cafeteria I go in, I eat everything on my plate. <laughs> but if the children just are not eating well, then that's when the parents need to encourage them, try to get them to try new things. And if they won't, then you might need to just send the lunch. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of good things that you can send for lunch. Main thing, we want to make sure and always have a basic pattern. You want to send some type of meat or meat alternate or grain or, you know, starch or bread, something like that. You want to send some fruits and some vegetables. And then I tell them buy milk. Just let them buy the milk in the cafeteria in that way. At the school. Mm -hmm. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And that's like, you know, 
some children, they don't like vegetables. Well, twice as much fruit. That's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. You know? But we have to offer a lot of different foods cooked and prepared a lot of different ways. I work a lot with child care centers, mm-hmm. and with those especially, we, I tell them all the time, don't give a child boiled broccoli. Nobody's going to eat that. Yeah. But if you roast broccoli and put a little Parmesan cheese on it, yes. Or raw broccoli. Mm-hmm. You know, So there's lots of different things you can do. Disguise if right. you have to. In a way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes a difference. I actually made uh, pizza last night and used cauliflower for the crust. Oh. And it was delicious. Oh, that sounds interesting. It, it was it was delicious, and uh, my daughter was in town, and she was like, Mom, this is good. I was like, yeah, and very few calories. You know, so I had raw cauliflower in it, and then it was topped with red and orange and yellow peppers, which are very high in vitamin C, and mushrooms, and just a small amount of cooked ground beef. So it couldn't be beat. It was great. Now, wait a minute. Let's go back to that crust, because now I've had, I've made mashed cauliflower right like, instead of mashed potatoes right and that works fine but cauliflower for the crust i'm not i'm not seeing that it's it's the raw cauliflower okay. and you rice it, it so you chop okay. it up real fine mm-hmm. where it's the size of rice grains mm-hmm. you mix it with a few eggs egg mm-hmm. whites a little cheese and some italian seasoning and you pat it in the pan and bake it before you put the top before on. you put the top just on to it. firm it up some to firm it up now you can't pick it up and eat it like mm-hmm. you could a piece of bread mm-hmm. but when you cut it with a fork and put it in your mouth uh it's great. Oh, I'll have to try that. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I made some for work, and every, uh, within 30 minutes, the whole 9 by 13 pan was gone. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, that sounds delicious. Oh, and we we talked a few weeks ago. I, I've discovered a, a use for my figs because, you know, you can only make so many fig preserves. Right. And so I substituted uh, my figs. I've decided that I have those big turkey figs. So three figs equal one banana. So my turkey figs instead of bananas for my banana bread. And oh, yeah. Nobody knew the difference. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this weekend, I thought, well, I just threw them in, I threw them in the freezer hole. I thought, do something with them because I add them like, to sweet potatoes and things like that in the winter. And I made smoothies this weekend, and I just threw in my almond milk and some of my frozen figs and a little thing of yogurt. Mm, it was, was delish. delish. It was delish. It was so good. So finding the shoes for all these figs. <laughs> well, and that's what you've got to do. You know, I've had a lot of plums. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, just making plum jelly and made too much plum jelly. Uh-huh. And so just really cook some of it down and then use that juice to cook with for mm-hmm. pumpkins, I mean, for muffins uh-huh. and for cakes and things like that. But it is, it's a matter of like with our children trying to come up with different ways to prepare items so they'll try it. I make uh, muffins using canned pumpkins mm-hmm. because pumpkin's so high in vitamin A and we need vitamin A every other day. And they're delicious. But if I tell someone it has pumpkins in it, then they quit eating it. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it's okay to not tell our children until they're involved. Yeah. But I think it's important, too, for us to get the children involved in shopping and planning what they want to try and letting them take the adventure of going to the store and feeling and smelling and tasting of foods. You know, right now, cantaloupe, you can smell the cantaloupe in the store and you can taste, you, know, you can smell that they're ripe. So you can actually kind of get the sensation that you're going to be tasting that fresh cantaloupe. Mm. Um, you're making me hungry now. Well, that's, that's <laughs> what I have for lunch is some cantaloupe. <laughs> so if we think about... Uh, we, you talked about the pizza. Now, that's something that takes a little bit more time. Right, but, a whole lot of time. But, but some easy type, easy type, brown bag type things like packing your lunch or packing the kids' lunch or packing your lunch. Well, and like for the children, now, even a kindergarten can help prepare lunch. Mm-hmm. They can wash the apples. They can wash grapes. They can make a sandwich. 
And if a child that's in kindergarten takes a sandwich and they have grapes, half a banana, they have some carrot sticks, you know, they've got a meal right there. Um, I love a black bean dip, and that's just canned black beans with salsa or bacani and a little lemon juice, and you've got a great dip. And that's something that my grandson loves. That with carrot sticks, that's a wonderful snack to have. But that could be packed up. Yeah. And part of the trick to this with our children especially is moms are busy. They don't have time to do a lot of stuff. So if they'll have enough containers to where they can pack up some of the items for all week, mm-hmm. that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, that black bean dip sounds good. Or even cooking those dried black beans. That's so easy. Oh, I love those mm-hmm. too. And, you know... Children will eat even like make it maybe a chicken salad or tuna salad or egg salad. You might not think that, but how many times have you offered it to them too? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. until we offer it to them, they're not going to eat it. And there's nothing wrong with having an apple that you slice. And if you'll dip it in some orange juice, it'll keep it from turning brown, but put it back together and hold it with a rubber band and then send some peanut butter. If there's nut allergies, so you do have the sunflower butters that you can send or, you know, the almond butters and those work out just as well. That's a good idea. Now, putting it together with a rubber band. Keeps it from turning brown. Interesting. I've yeah. never thought about that before. Because yeah. it, you know, yeah. doesn't have yeah. the Yeah, it holds it together and yeah. yeah. prevents that air exposure. Mm-hmm. Now, something that that we do at work, and there's several of us that eat together, we all uh, are making salads in a jar. And love that. There was down at the, uh, oh, the big thing down at the farmer's market, mm-hmm. the big they were showing examples about that, making right. the salads in the jar, and right. that was one of the things they served that night when they were having the, the um, Food Network fundraiser type yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, that was great. So today we're talking about nutrition tips and back-to-school, healthy snacks, healthy quick meals for adults. Donna, we've got Donna Speed from our health department, Director of Nutrition Services with us today. So please give us a call and share any ideas or comments or questions that you may have or lots of helpful hints for us, too. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with you. impaired mpb's radio reading service is here for you our dedicated team of volunteers bring the world of news and entertainment to you for information and to see if you qualify call us at 601-432-6301 i don't think anyone who lived through it will ever stop talking about it because it was truly a life-changing experience 10 years later it seems like yesterday when (laughs) katrina hit we are headed in the right direction and things are getting better but we have a long way to go the greatest thing was that the rest of the country got to see what mississippi is really all about rising above the surge the post katrina coast august 26th at 7 on mpb tv this is mpb think radio mississippi public broadcasting you're listening to southern remedy healthy and fit on mpb think radio We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. 
You can always email your comments and questions to healthy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Good morning from MPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, the show all about finding and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. I'm Debbie Miner. And we're here today talking with Donna Speed about back-to-school nutrition tips for us all. So we've been talking about some fun recipes and some things to do. And during the break, we were sitting here going over some of these salads in a jar. Oh, these things look wonderful. And actually, they make nice little gifts for people, too. They would. They and would. are these recipes available on your website? Or uh, where, could, where could someone get these? I'm looking this, at this. I'm looking at this black bean brownie recipe, and I think I may just have to try that. Oh, yeah, you need to try that. A lot of the recipes, we have about 135 healthy recipes on the Department of Health website at www.healthyms.com. So we have um, everything from a breakfast miniature quiche where you use hungry uh, jack flaky biscuits, the flaky biscuits for the crust, and you use one biscuit to make three crusts, to smoothies, to um, a lot of the salads. We have a green bean cucumber salad that is wonderful. So every recipe on our website that's in our healthy section, I have personally tried because I kind of feel like if I don't like it, oh, yeah. somebody else might not well, like it. And you know how easy it is to make or or mm-hmm. how hard it is to find the ingredients for it, things You're like right. that, or how expensive, how You're expensive. Right. Because right. most of these recipes that I'm looking here that you have shared with us today, these are not expensive things to make Oh no, at all. No. There's, not all there's not anything that I see that's hard to find here. No, no. And that's part of what we have to do because I think all of us today are on a budget. We all have to watch what we spend and use our food dollars wisely. One thing that's important to realize, too, is we don't need a whole lot of meat. You know, people I know, think, people think need you need that. a lot of meat. Right, and we really don't. You know, right now, women need about 46 grams of protein and men need about 56. That's not much. Okay, well, now explain that in terms that we understand. So uh, okay. give us an example. An example. A woman say 150 to 175 pounds, if she has one large chicken breast and one glass of milk a day, that's about all the protein she really needs for the whole day. Now, you'll get protein, a little bit of protein in some breads and in mm-hmm. other items, and, you know, we're not going to eat just one meat at one meal. But we don't need as much meat as people think. Well, if we had an egg for breakfast, too. Or that even, would be or even protein through the yogurt or something like Correct. that. And then... Also, too, as I'm looking at thinking about these recipes, I like to substitute like beans, our legume type beans, like the black beans. Yes, as that's a, perfect. There are, are red kidney, you, you can go a long ways with a, a dried bag of kidney beans. You really <laughs> can. And, you know, that's one thing that I tell people all the time. We didn't have red beans with rice, with sausage. It was red beans with rice. Mm-hmm. And you can cut way back instead of putting a bunch of sausage or ham in it, put just enough to season it and just eat the red beans over the rice and let it be the brown rice so you'll get the whole grains. Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. And that's something, too, that... A lot of people don't realize that when you're cooking brown rice, it has to cook a lot longer. It and does if you take will do longer. three parts mm-hmm. water to one part rice, cover it tightly with tinfoil, bake it at 350 for an hour and a half, it is perfect every single time. Mm, that sounds good. I usually add some mushrooms and throw some mushrooms and chopped onions in there too. We've got Jane on the line from Greenville. Good morning, Jane. How are you? I'm doing fine, thank you. Is I- it warm enough in Greenville for you? Heavens. I- <laughs> 
pray to the Lord that tomorrow will be cooler. I hope so. What would you like to share with us today? My, I'm 84 years old and, of course, raised in the Depression. Yes, ma'am. In southeast Arkansas. And my favorite snack coming home from school is a baked sweet potato. Oh, yum. Oh, I would like <laughs> I'm with that, you too. There. <laughs> On the back of the stove in our old Ben Franklin uh, stove, and uh, they were, we look forward to it. Mm. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that with us. I think we're with you there. And, Miss Shane, something that's kind of neat to do nowadays is you can individually wrap sweet potatoes in tinfoil and put them in your crock pot, cook them on low all day, and they will taste like they came off that Franklin stove. Okay. And you can cook several at a time and then freeze them. That is a great idea. Yeah. I've, never, I've never cooked in the crock pot before. They oh. work. And oh. because they cook slow, mm-hmm. they're real juicy, which means mm-hmm. you don't need all that butter to go on them. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Jane. Please yeah. give us a call, uh, some of our other listeners and share any, any nice little things like that that Jane just shared with us. Give us a call at 1877 MPB Ring. That's 1877-672-7464. So I, I'd said too, I, I, my freeze my figs and I throw them in with my sweet potatoes. So at my sweet potato casserole for Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter, the typical times and all that. And they are great. Thrown in there mixed with the figs I and bet. sweet potatoes, yeah. Nobody knows the difference. Well, and that's that's just a good way to get a little more fiber, too, mm-hmm. because between your sweet potatoes and your figs, you've got a lot of fiber mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. It's just fighting the deer. Who gets to them first? And the birds. The birds yeah. ate all of mine yeah. this year. yeah. It's always something like that. Well, so if we think about, we, we mentioned, you mentioned buying the milk at school Correct. for the kids. So I know we have very strict guidelines now and specific to the age group as far as drinks that are provided at school. So they can't carry like a Coke to school with them for lunch. No, no. You know, it has to be 100% fruit juice, milk, you know, water. Mm-hmm. And really our children don't drink enough water. That's just so important for them to have that. But It's also important for children and for adults as well. We need two servings of milk a day. If we're not getting that milk, we're not doing our bones justice and our whole system. And so, you know, milk at lunch, that's a great way to get it in. You know, and a lot of adults say they don't care for the taste of milk. Well, that's when you can use yogurt, you can use low-fat cheese, you can use fat-free cottage cheese. Out of curiosity, so what do you think about almond? There's so many of these different things, almond milk, cashew milk, coconut milk. So I've been using a lot of cashew milk and almond milk. And it's I've looked at the calcium content, and the calcium content is the same, if not more, than milk. But do you have an opinion about that? Well, it, it does have the calcium in it because mm-hmm. it's been added in mm-hmm. with the milk. It's a natural product of mm-hmm. it. But especially for people who will not drink milk or who can't tolerate milk, then some of the milk alternates are really good to use. Okay. I I just can't make myself drink milk. Isn't that terrible? Well, and I did not like it there for a while, and now I drink it every day. But I also use the fat-free yogurts. I'll take the plain vanilla yogurt and I actually break off chunks of my pumpkin muffin and dip it in that like a dip Mm -hmm. and have that for breakfast most mornings. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Because... Of course, I'll just say that because our age, 
We are not building bone anymore. No, you're right. It is past that point. And and we <laughs> we need to make sure that we're going to be okay. Well, and that's like the smoothies. You know, talking about making a smoothie, mm-hmm. you can put fat-free milk or uh, fat-free yogurt in a smoothie. You can add any kind of fresh frozen or canned fruit. You can add fresh spinach or kale to it. The fresh spinach you can't taste at all. And that's a great drink to have. That's something that the children could be involved in making. I got on a smoothie kick, and I was making um, anywhere from 20 to 40 of them on the weekend and freezing them in water bottles and freezing them and then taking them to work. Oh, my goodness. That would be my afternoon treat. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Oh, mm-hmm. no, I need to get that. I need to get better organized about something like that for sure. Well, so then do you have any other suggestions for uh Maybe older kids for lunches, too, because older kids can be just as picky as younger kids. I think sometimes older children can be even pickier. (laughs) And that's when we've got to make sure and have them involved. Uh, You know, like a deli-style roll-up that might be, you know, ham and cheese, maybe roll it on a bread, maybe put it in a hoagie bun. But they're going to have to be involved in preparing it. And a lot of the older children just say, I don't want lunch. I'll just eat something when I get home. Well, when they get home... They tend to grab the first thing that they see. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that they see needs to be some fruit that's sitting out or some vegetables, some black bean dip, something that would be healthy. But some other ideas for your older children could be like a quesadilla. You know, you could make that up. You could turn around and you could do, if they have access to a microwave, like rice bowls. A lot of children who are health, who are healthier, trying to be more aware of what they're eating, mm-hmm. like the rice bowls. And that's something where they can add whatever they like in it, uh, doing pita pocket and doing some pocket bread, filling it with some avocado tomatoes, adding like a sloppy joe mix to it. You know, and those are all good choices. One thing that's real important for us to realize is that if we don't buy the junk food, the foods that are high in sugar and fat, and we don't keep it in the house, it's not going to be there for them to eat. I know earlier we had a personal trainer on. Mm-hmm. And when I yeah, was on. Marshall, so I was listening to that. Yeah, she did a great uh-huh. job. Well, when I was working with um, some boot camps and working with supplying some nutrition information, I had one school teacher to come back on Monday and say, I cannot afford to feed my teenage boys healthy foods. And I'm like, why? She said, well, they, they ate a whole watermelon in two days. I'm like, how much did that cost? It cost her $7. And on a typical day, they would eat a large bag of chips and a full thing of dip and drink a two-liter Coke. So then she just looked at me and she said, that's in one day. In one day, they ate more in food dollars than in two days eating the watermelon. So we've got to make that conscious effort to keep healthy foods on hand. Yeah. Well, I think some of the tips that, you, that you've said already, just like throwing the sweet potatoes in the crock pot or something like that, uh, Things that we can do inexpensively that don't take that much time because everybody's so busy. That's why they, so much of the fast food and everything else is just because people are so busy and you want to buy things. Uh, But if you've got those ingredients on hand that you can throw it together quick and make it easily readily available for consumption, just to grab it. Well, like even on our website, we have a recipe for Hawaiian chicken where you you marinate chicken with pineapple and pineapple juice and reduced sodium, soy sauce. You could cook a lot of that chicken, have that one night for the adults, plate up a leftover meal the next day, chop it up and put it on a sandwich for the children, then freeze some other and then pull it out later in the week or the next week and do the same thing again. So it's taking the time initially at home to plan out what you're going to eat going to the store, buying it, using coupons if you have coupons for things that you would use. 
you know, do an ad match if you can do that. And then just going home and getting it all ready. It doesn't do any good to buy a whole cantaloupe or a watermelon if it sits on your shelf for a, a week and spoils. Mm-hmm. You've got to go home and get it That's when it does get expensive. Yeah. If you're throwing things away like that. Yeah, it really can. And, you know, I'm a big proponent of buying reduced produce if I can find it. Uh, oh, and meat. Oh, yeah, let's check out those sections. I do, too. And that's like mushrooms. You know, there's not a lot you can do with reduced mushrooms, but you can cook them down with onions and freeze them and then put them in dishes later. Those are the mushrooms I put on the cauliflower pizza last Mm -hmm. night. Mm -hmm. So it's having enough space to do some preparation and have it on hand. And a small freezer does not cost that much money. And really, in the long run, you can save doing that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you think about these coupons now, because look through Sunday's paper or whatever, they don't do so many of the coupons like they used to. Now a lot of them are downloadable type things. And right. It's kind of shocking to me when I go to Kroger and they say, oh, well, you've already used the coupon. I'm like, I didn't give it to you yet. And she said, no, it's already applied. It. And it's because my husband's already downloaded it, and I didn't realize he downloaded it, which is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's wonderful for me, but you don't think about things like that. But there are obviously all kinds of options now for there saving are. money. And they personalize those things. They personalize the for what you buy. They see that you buy. They do, which kind of gets me sometimes because I, know, I go, oh, eerie. I could use this. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. You know, everybody's kind of know what we're doing these days. <laughs> but, you know, it is. I mean, there, there's so many different things that we can do to serve healthy foods. Yeah. You know, you can buy a whole rotisserie chicken. That's not that expensive. Now, to turn around and buy a whole chicken is usually only about 50 cents cheaper than a rotisserie one. So why not get a rotisserie one mm-hmm. and then turn around and Use it for two or three meals. That's right. Slice it and dice it for different ways. Right. Looks like we've got a caller on the line from Hernando. Good morning. Good morning. Anna Lee. Can you hear me? I can hear you. This is our second grade teacher from Hernando, Mississippi. Anna Good. Lee May Minor happens to be my daughter-in-law. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. So tell us, how are your little kitties doing with back to school? They are good. They are just busy, and um, we just came from lunch, so we are, we, uh, my assistant and I have been really busy helping open lots of different things that came in lunch boxes today. Well, okay, that's what I wanted your perspective. So, give us your perspective as a teacher. Now, do your kid, do your kids still get snacks at school? We do not have snacks. Um, our kindergarten and first grade school does snacks, but when they come to second grade, we don't have snacks anymore because we go to lunch so early in the day that um, they don't really have a need for a morning snack because we go to lunch starting at 11, <laughs> and our cafeteria serves breakfast until 8, so they don't really need a morning snack. Well, so do a lot of your um, kids bring their lunch, or do they mostly eat lunch at the school? I would say I have 26 students this year, and I've seen, this is just the fourth day of school, but I would say about half bring their lunch from home and half um, order a school lunch when they get here. Well, do you, but, um, do you give them guidance on what they can bring for lunch, or can they just bring anything they want? Um, we'd like to give, we kind of send home in our informative packet at the beginning of the year, kind of a guideline for parents on what to bring for lunch. Um, we we don't allow soft drinks. And usually, I mean, I try to steer them away from um, sweets and candy and lunch boxes and stuff like that. 
Um, I mean, the occasional Rice Krispie treat shows up, and that's fine, but um, not every day. And we only have 25 minutes for lunch every day. <laughs> so I try to encourage parents to send things that they want their children to eat first. You know, um, don't send a couple of bags of chips and just junk food because that's probably what they're going to go to first, and then they may not have time to eat, you know, anything that's anything of substance in their lunch boxes. So we try to just encourage them to send, you know, maybe a sandwich or a wrap, a fruit, you know, string cheese, yogurt or something like that, that they have time to eat and that they'll go for first instead of eating junk food and then being hungry. Before yeah, that's a good food. idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put it in front of them so that they'll eat that. They don't really have a choice. Right. <laughs> and then we encourage them to send, send things they can open themselves because you don't realize the way a lot of food is packaged. It's hard for a seven-year-old to get open, you know, alone. So that's something we kind of work on at the beginning of the school year, too. Interesting. Yeah. See, I wouldn't have thought about that because I can identify with that right now because I'm having my little issue with opening things with some with right. one hand. Yeah. So that's a good point. See, I hadn't thought about it. And that's something that most parents aren't going to think of, you know, because, you know, you probably open stuff for your kids without thinking, but when you've got 26 kids and 20 minutes to eat lunch, it gets kind of busy trying to. And you're right, Anna. When I would go and eat with my grandson when he was younger, I would help the teacher open everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. we don't. We don't need the teacher opening that. We have a rule. It's called C three before me. So they have to ask three friends to help them open it first, and then they can ask for help. That's, That's a good funny. idea. That's a good idea. Well, I hope you have a good day. Well, you too. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thanks for calling. Absolutely. This is fun. It a lot. It is a lot of fun. It's we'll let you get back to your little second graders. I want okay. you to know that she's just grinning from ear to ear getting to talk to you. <laughs> so. well, well, I'm happy to hear. Um, did y'all know, did she tell you her birthday was yesterday? No. Well, everybody tell her happy birthday. birthday. (laughs) She just doesn't want me to sing it to her for sure. (laughs) Just getting older. And and we have used that hidden food type thing because my little grandson. So, like, he'll eat my my cupcakes for breakfast. Well, he doesn't know those cupcakes are whole wheat flour and oatmeal and usually a little zucchini and carrots and, and apples and whatever. But he loves those cupcake muffins for breakfast <laughs> so we throw in all kinds of food there That's and weston eats it up <laughs> next he'll he'll have he may have already had the fig muffins i can't remember we have the um, old-fashioned chicken spaghetti that everybody mm-hmm. makes. Mm-hmm. You know, put broccoli and spinach mm-hmm. and a throw lot of extra stuff. That, make it healthier. Know. One of my daughters mm-hmm. says that's good, and the other daughter says, "Mama, don't do that to you. <laughs> don't ruin it." We've got Mickey on the or Mikey on the line from Mobile. Good morning. Good morning, Doctor Owens. Um, what is the last name, please, of Masana again? Speed. S P E E D. I was thinking, hey, that's a really convenient name, you know. Yes, it <laughs> is. It is. And um, especially for a nutritionist, and I, I'm loving this show. I'm, you, you know, Dr. Owens, you told me when I called in a couple of weeks ago with one of the questions I'm going to ask today um, to, to be on alert for this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Do you want my, I got two tips and two questions. Which do right. you want first? Good. Whichever. Uh, okay. Um, first of all, this is kind of an embellishment on something that you've already mentioned. Um uh, the sweet potatoes, uh, and part of the question I'm going to ask, the sweet potato thing, um, to add uh, canned, you know, it, it's inexpensive, 
the pecan, pumpkin, or squash. I mean, it's both, you know, it says pumpkin, but it is, you know, pumpkin is squash, right? So, but it cuts the caloric intake and, of course, with no fat. And it, it uh, you know, also um, gives a little bit lighter density to whatever kind of a thing you're going to do with sweet potatoes, which I love them all, so I eat them all. That's, that's the first thing that I want to say. And um, the other tip is um, a rice cooker. They are so inexpensive. They're like $10, $15, you know, like you can maybe even find them, you know, if you shop around for $10. Um, and they are so uh Anytime I can find something that means that I don't have to, I don't do oven things. I mean, this is Mobile, you know. It's hot. You, can't, you can't do oven things here. In the, I mean, it's, it, we've got an index, heat index right now of 112 degrees. So that's, you know, I, I'm not interested in suicide. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, my, my uh, okay, my questions are, um, uh, with the slow cooker, um, the sweet potato thing, I have not thought of doing that. Okay, the trick is to wrap them in foil, right? Each one individually, yes, ma'am. Now, why do you have to do that? Why can't you just throw them in there? Uh, oh. If you do, they, they the juices come out, and then they right. kind of burn down in the bottom. Get slimy right. or something. Okay. Right. And okay. if you put several in one wrapping of tin foil, they just don't cook as well. They do okay. a lot better if they're individually wrapped. To expand on that idea, can you put uh, maybe do uh, because not you know not all of us needs to cook a whole thing of of uh, a slow cooker thing of of sweet potatoes only. Can you do other potatoes and can you do other vegetables if you wrap them in the foil first? Yes, ma'am, you can. And what all you could right. even do, you could have the your vegetables wrapped individually in the foil and then put a layer of heavy tin foil over the top of them. Yes, ma'am. And then you could even put some meat on top of that. So at the same time, you could cook a, a small pork loin or a couple of chicken breasts right. and well, cook I'm a whole meal. Somebody else. The meat thing, I'm a bean girl. I love beans. I, now, I do eat some seafood, but uh, that would not go on the top. But, okay, speak, and now, which gets to my next question. Using beans, uh, is saving the canned broth because you want to avoid the high sodium content. Can you freeze that? And then when you do slow, when you do have time to do the slow cook beans and your slow cooker, can you use that broth as your starter and cut that, that you know, the overall sodium and, and you know, proportionally increasing the, the protein and stuff? You could, but I really wouldn't. Um, I would just use just the water and add the onions and the carrots and peppers just and cook it like that, um, mainly because it is going to have a little more sodium in it. You know, you could take any type of smoked meat or any meat that you've cooked on the grill. It's not going to have the sodium in it if you cooked it on the grill yourself and use that to season with. I don't eat That's right. That's right. That's what you said. I would, you could use that broth, but there really wouldn't be a lot that you would add to it with that. Instead of using additional salt. I tell you, I don't ever put salt in my dry beans. I just cook them with the onions and peppers. Now I'll oh, put jalapeno okay. peppers in there sometimes I've too. And that'll zip it up. Just tons, all kinds. Typically, oh, I have like, a garden and just, I mean, yeah, yeah. And yeah by the time you, mm-hmm. oh yes, yeah. one, lots of fresh mm-hmm. garlic. And you know that's like uh, we're saying how we grow peppers and tomatoes mm-hmm. and things like that. And I just slice them in half and stick them in the freezer and then use it all winter. I do too. I don't. I don't do any of the fancy canning. I just throw them in there and. And then just throw them in the crock pot, and then by the time they cook down with your beans, you can't even. You, it's kind of like hidden peppers once again. Well, thank you for calling. Wonderful suggestions and good questions too. We're with you. We're bean people too. 
So it's hot in Jackson, too, it's just like Mobile. We're going to take a quick break. Give us a call when we come back at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. It's Southern Remedy, healthy and fit. With award-winning dramas from masterpiece like Sherlock Holmes and Downton Abbey to programming that educates with nature, MPB TV brings the world to your living room. For complete schedules, visit mpbonline.org. Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app. Available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's ambitious to try to fix the problems with public housing. It is entirely another level to completely and utterly overhaul the old model. This is our way of, I think, assaulting multi-generational poverty. Not everybody's on board, though. I'm Kai Rizdal. That story and the numbers from Wall Street as well. Next time on Marketplace, it's from APN. Listen to Marketplace at 6 on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to healthy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Morning. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, and I'm Debbie Miner, and today we're here with Donna Speed from our Mississippi State Department of Health, the Director of Nutrition Services, and we've been talking about back-to-school lunches, some easy tips. We've had some wonderful listener calls and, and given us some more tips as well as some questions. We've got Kelly on the line. Uh, Kelly, who is traveling. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning. What would you like to share with us today? Um, well, I wanted to comment to something, a question that one of the, the previous caller had about, you know, when she uses a can of beans, what to do with the leftover liquid. Um, I have a bunch of friends that are um, have all kinds of health issues, so they have dietary restrictions, and I've got several that are vegan. And one thing that you lose when you're vegan is you lose the ability to eat things like baked goods and, you know, cupcakes, cakes, things like that. Yeah. So what they do is they use the leftover water from beans, like from a can of beans, as an egg substitute. It, um, they mix it with a little, you can mix it with a little bit of cream of tartar and sugar and some vanilla and it whips just up, whips up just like a meringue. They make meringue cookies out of it, uh, macaroons. They use, like I said, they use it as an egg substitute in, um, baked goods. I guess because yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of the texture of that liquid. Sometimes it's kind of slimy, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the well, beans have a lot of protein in yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. The, the, the denaturing of the protein is what gives you the um, uh, 
losing grip on English right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's what gives you the, the emulsification, not emulsification, I guess is the wrong word, but, you know, the, the texture and cakes and baked goods. Yeah, that texture that you need for the, I guess, the mm-hmm. put it all together in the support. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's, um, that's a wonderful hint. One thing they can do to find out more information about it and find recipes and stuff um, online, if you just Google the word aqua fava, A-Q-U-A-F-A-B-A. Okay, great. Thank you for sharing and, uh, that. I'm going to have to try that myself. <laughs> um, one other thing I wanted to say, so I've been listening for a little while now, once I refound the station after leaving Hattiesburg, um, <laughs> is uh, another snack idea. One thing I like to do personally um, is, you know, I'll go to the grocery store. I like I like Mediterranean foods. Oh, so I do too. I like, what I'll do is I'll take, um, I like to get the, uh, uh, I'm blanking on the word again, <laughs> cherry tomatoes, but the ones that are the multicolored, just to give it a little more color and mm-hmm. depth, heirloom, that's it. The heirloom cherry tomatoes, and I'll take Kalamata olives and um, a red onion and ca- uh, cucumber and usually roasted, I'll put roasted red peppers in it, and I'll just chop it all up so it's already ready and prepared and mixed with a little bit of Greek dressing, and then you put that in a pita pocket or put it into a hummus in a pita pocket, and you're good to go. And that lasts several days in the refrigerator, too, really. Oh, yeah. About three or four days for sure. I'll come eat with you. (laughs) Yeah. Making me hungry now. <laughs> we, should, we should be with us second graders and have already had lunch, I think. Yeah, that would be good. Well, thank you for sharing those tips, Kelly, and good luck traveling. Hope you have a good day. You too. So, Miss Speed, I have a quick question for you about sodium and salt. So we see it today as a preservative, and it's everywhere in our foods. And some people don't even realize that we were at Kroger last night buying broccoli, and it was frozen, and you turned around and look at the nutrition facts, and it's filled with sodium because of the seasoning or the cheese. So what are the issues related to sodium, and what are your recommendations? Well, the recommendations on the sodium intake was lowered a couple of years ago. You know, used to everybody, we always heard it was, you know, anywhere from um, 22 to 2,300 milligrams of sodium a day. Now it's down to 1,500 milligrams for everyone. And the reason for that is because they found that about 70% of our population has high blood pressure or they're predisposed to high blood pressure. And, you know, you think, well, I don't really eat a lot of salt. Well, when you look at the 1,500 milligrams, that's only three-fourths of a teaspoon of table salt. And this time of year with tomatoes and watermelon and cantaloupe, how many people have sprinkled salt on that without realizing it? So it's best to really just cut back on the sodium and the salt as much as possible. You know, And we don't want our children to have high blood pressure problems, and we're seeing more of that happening more and more. I, I mean, I'm amazed because I've actually had worked with a little child that had high blood pressure problems not too long ago. But 9 in 10 children eat more sodium than it's recommended. And then right now we're having 1 in 6 children with high blood pressure problems, and the high blood pressure problems are then going to cause kidney problems later on. So what we want to do, we want to buy fresh, or if you buy frozen, just don't get it with the sauce. If you, Did you look at the plain broccoli? The yes, and there's a huge difference. Huge so that difference. was my next question was how should people be looking at the labels when they're looking for these things? You want to... Uh, you want to look at the label itself. Don't just go by on if it says lower in sodium. You want to actually look at the milligrams of sodium. 
And what you want to do, if you had bought just that plain frozen broccoli, you could have steamed it or microwaved it, and then you could have put some salt-free Creole seasoning or any type of salt-free seasoning on it. You know, but I also love just using onion powder, garlic powder. Use your powders instead of the salts. You know, if you do use a soy sauce, let it be a lower sodium soy sauce. Use vinegars. Vinegars have no sodium. You know, so that's a great sauce, a great tip to use. And I love the jalapeno peppers. Mm-hmm. You know, I can put jalapeno pepper sauce or just the chopped up peppers on anything. And any fresh vegetable, it's going to be good to have. And a good tip on that, too, is to just put your fresh vegetables in your pan. Now, I don't like to wash pots, so I'm going to put tinfoil in the bottom of my roasting pan. I'm going to put a ton of fresh vegetables that I've chopped up to where they're equal in size I'm going to toss a little olive oil and then put the garlic powder, onion powder. I'm going to use some salt-free Creole seasoning or uh, some Louisiana seasoning that's salt-free, and then we'll roast it in the oven. And even sweet potatoes. You can make sweet potato fries doing that. Just throw yes, them, chop them up, and throw them in the oven. And, and they're great just that so way. Easy. A lot better than frying them in all the grease. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so better. much easier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think that's a wonderful tip and something great to bring up, Christine, because we have to – Really pay attention to those labels. And we've talked about before, labels are being revised and will be easier to read for the new USDA guidelines. And that will, of course, be a transition. But we get so caught up sometimes in looking at what's there and then maybe not even take into account the number of servings. And so that can be misleading because we typically eat more than what's portrayed as one serving one serving you're right that's like uh going back to having something to drink a soft drink serving is 12 ounces who actually drinks a 12 ounce can now not that many people most people get a 20 ounce or 24 ounce Mm -hmm. and that's that's two to two and a half servings well and that goes back to just since you mentioned soft drinks i mean the recommendation is no sugar beverages for adults right and you can Quickly, quickly, quickly mount those, that sugar. Like now, I typically say that I don't drink anything with sugar in it. However, now, when those peach milkshakes come out from Chick-fil-A, my husband, had, that was my early birthday present Saturday. He comes in and brings in that peach milkshake, and I didn't even want to think how many teaspoons of sugar in it, but it was so good. But, <laughs> but then did you have cake, too? Well, Just I, a did, small slice. I did yesterday. I did. But you had uh, apple, calcium. Al- apple cake with whole wheat apple cake. So you had your fruit, and then mm-hmm. with your peach milkshake. Well, the you peach did milkshake was Saturday because Chick Fil A is not open on Sunday. That's true. So you had your <laughs> calcium, and you had some fruit there. Yes, I had well, my calcium Saturday. Just, that's how we justify it. When really we shouldn't justify it that often. <laughs> but you know, set, like going back, like with the sodium, though, seventy-five percent of the sodium comes from the processing. Of yeah, the that's what we said about seventy-five to eighty percent. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and exactly in some right. other countries. They're, they have already mandated to cut back on how much sodium is used in processing. That's right. And what they have seen is a decrease in cardiovascular disease death rates, too. Yes. yes. So, yes, they have seen that. And so we are on our low-sodium kick, for sure. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll highlight that recommendation again. For most people in the population, it's less than 1,500 milligrams per day. So 1,500 milligrams, if you start looking at labels, that is not much sodium. So thank you, Donna, for being here with us today. We've had some good discussions and some good tips that I'm going to take home and, and try out myself. And I'm going to check out some of those recipes. I love that salad and jar type thing because that makes a great gift as well as a, a nice dinner to have on hand. And those recipes are available on the website, right? On www.healthyms.com, okay. the Department of Health. So we'll be back next week with Dr. David Elkin, and we'll be talking about the new normal, healthy and fit and the new normal. So Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit is a production of Mississippi. 
Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center.